right, before the Lord. And it says, and you know that your brother or sister has ought with you. He says, leave your gift at the altar. Like, so your stuff that you're doing with God, he says, stop it. That's what Jesus says. He says, put that on hold. You go first, make it right with your brother, your sister. And then come and let's. Because scripturally, the love of God is manifested in how we treat one another. My worship to God is actually manifested through how I talk and serve and love you. And so I'm thankful. I I love it. Singing songs is scriptural. Shouting is scriptural. Dancing is scriptural. Clapping your hands is scriptural. But also loving one another and talking one to another is scriptural. <laughs> That's Bible. That's worship. That's worship. That's this is. And I believe um, there's some powerful things that happen when we minister one to another. Powerful things that happen. And, and there is a, a danger. I'm not saying not here, but there's a danger of of church becoming some sort of like religious thing, a program that you just kind of go through and and people are just kind of other people are kind of like in the way. But really, I believe the focus of it is the focus for heaven is people like us. And so God forbid that we should come into this place and have a great time. And I didn't connect with anybody. How much did I really touch heaven? Or how much did heaven really touch me if it didn't manifest through connecting with you somehow? And obviously, this is a big crowd, so you can't connect with everybody. But um, I believe this is the will of God. This is the will of God. Um, Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. And um, Genesis chapter 1, verse... um, Actually, let's start at, um, (laughs) stop, stop. (laughs) So we're going to start at verse number two. (laughs) For the cynical people. No, I'm kidding. Might as well start at one. Okay. All right. You got so, anyway. So Genesis 1.1, it says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And then from there, it gives the details of how he did it. The earth was without form and void. Darkness upon the face of the deep. The spirit of God moved. The spirit's there. All that's there. But then verse 3, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw the light. It was good. God divided the light from the darkness. Verse number six, God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. Let it divide the waters. Verse seven, and God made the firmament. Verse number nine, God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place. Let dry land appear. And it was so. Uh, Verse 11, God said, let the earth bring forth grass, herb yielding seed, the fruit tree yielding fruit after its kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. Verse number 14, God said, and let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. and Let them be for signs, seasons, days, and years. 
And then uh, let's go to verse number 20. God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly. The moving creature has life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. God blesses them. Verse 22, God bless them, saying, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. Uh, day number six, verse 24, God said, let the earth bring forth living creature after its kind, cattle, creeping thing, beasts after its kind. And it was so God made the beast of the earth after its kind, cattle after its kind, every creeping thing. God saw that it was good. Verse 26, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, fowl the air over the cattle for all the earth and over every creeping thing creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Praise God. And so just uh, just talking. Uh, so I, don't, I guess there's a title. I have no idea. But the image of God, the image of God and. Um, we're created in the image of God. We're created in the image of God. Uh, you can be seated. Uh, thank you for standing for the word. But, um, and so just, just very um, interesting how um, God's spirit is there. So there's, there's a lot of principles within the book of Genesis. I believe Genesis is, I won't say it's the most important book, but it's it's probably at least one of the 66 most important books in the entire world. I would have to say that. But um, because there's so many principles, just godly principles, that establish things um, that translate the rest of, of the scriptures in Genesis. And one of those is, the, one, the power of the spoken word. Um, that God, who's all-powerful, all-knowing, he knows the end from the beginning, but he actually spoke to create things. And so... Uh, the voice is powerful. The voice is powerful. And so there's something spiritual about the voice. And it's, more, of course, speaking the word of God. And so God said, let there be light. So God speaks and the light obeys. The light creates. It's created. You know, so he speaks to uh, seemingly the darkness because that's what it says in verse 2, that there was darkness. And so he speaks to the darkness and from darkness comes light. And, uh, and he says the light is good. And then God speaks from verse number six, right? He, he let there be a firmament. So he speaks to the light that he created. And he says, now let there be a firmament. And there's a firmament. And so God speaks to everything that he's created. In verse nine, he's speaking to the firmament. And he creates the waters from that. And, and, and he gathers them together and all that stuff. And so it just goes down. And God's speaking to the things. God's speaking and speaking and speaking to something. Speaking to stuff. And declaring for something to come forth out of it to bring forth something out of it. So there's darkness and God declares light to come forth out of it uh, through his spoken word. But the point for this thing that I feel the Lord just impressing on my heart is verse 26, when it came time to make man, because uh, he's, when he's making the animals, he's, he's just preaching with me. That's okay. <laughs> I'm not really preaching, but it's okay. But, um, when he's, when he's creating the animals, he speaks to the earth, that the earth bring forth. And so the earth brings forth the cattle. But when it's time to create you and I, what did he speak to? You see what he spoke to? He speaks to himself. He speaks to himself. It's, he didn't speak to the earth. He didn't speak to the universe. He didn't speak to the stars, to the light. That's the one time we find in here where God begins speaking to himself. And that's what confuses a lot of people because they're like, well, let us make man in our image. Well, that's plural and it's 
that means there's three and there's a bunch of gods up there. No, 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 no. It's just this majesty where you have this all-powerful God speaking to himself to bring forth something out of himself. And this is why he speaks to himself and he says, let us make man. Because that's the same wording that he says, let there be light. And there was light. And he says, let us make man. And everything is, it's, it's coming forth out of something. And you and I, we were created forth from God. And this is why he goes on to explain in verse 27. Well, 26, he says, let's make man in our own image. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. We come forth from God. We are created as the image of God. God declared he wanted his image to be seen in the physical realm. He creates this, this time in the beginning. So there's, he creates time. God creates the heavens and the earth. So he creates space. He creates this physical world. But within that physical world, nothing manifested the image of God until he spoke for us to be created. Because God wanted himself manifested in this realm. That's what you and I are. That's what you are. This is why humanity is such a beautiful, can be such a great thing, a powerful thing also. Um, Humans. Because we're special. We're not like any other creation. We were made from, for the image of God, in the image of God. This is why um, I believe all of creation, all of heaven and hell, the fallen angels, they fight over you. That's what the battle is over. It's not over territory. It's not over land, property. It's over you and I. Because we are the image of the invisible, almighty, all-powerful, untouchable, unapproachable God in humanity, in flesh, in weakness. Right? That says that he made us a little lower than the angels. Like for the crowning. So like literally our bodies and it's, it's not angelic. We're not powerful. We're not like there's a, there's a weakness to us. There's. But in that, the Bible says this, it talks about that there's a treasure. The treasure is in this earthen vessel so that the excellency of the glory would be of God and not of us. So why did he make us weak? Why, why not make us super powerful like angels? Because he wanted the excellency of the glory to be of him and not of us. So. We're just his image bearers. We're not powerful like a star. We, we can't, we're not, we're not mighty like the ocean and the waves and the wind and just whoosh doing these big, great things. We're, we can't, you know, put a whale in a headlock. He didn't make us that way. But we bear the image of God. We have something in us that nothing else has which is the image of God. And so God is invisible. God's image is not black, white, long hair, short hair, beard, no beard, right? <laughs> God's image, we find through the scriptures, the Bible says that God is love. 
God is love. God begins to unveil himself throughout the word of God, um, through man's failures, through so many things. God starts unveiling who he is, his image, his nature. His nature is mercy. His nature is long-suffering. His nature is love. His nature is peace and joy. That's his image. That's, that's literally who God is. Um, and he says, I'm, he, he's, he's God and he doesn't change. It's just, it's who he is. There is no God of the Old Testament versus a God of the New Testament. He's the same God. He's the same God from the beginning all the way to the ending. And so this image, he wanted it manifested on the earth. That's, that's what he wanted. He wanted, and this, in verse 26, he says, in our image, after our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, over every cattle, over all the earth. So we, we bear the, the image of God, and that image is also one of having dominion, ruling, because God rules. God reigns in heaven. God is in control. God's, everything's under his feet. He's, he's the authority. And God says, I want somebody, something to have my same dominion and rulership on the earth, on the earth. That's why he created us. That's why he put us here. Um, now, we can get into a whole lot of technical things about did the devil like that? Probably not. Was he jealous? Probably. Who knows? Whatever. But all I do know is he hates us. He hates you and I as image bearers of God. And we're lower. The Bible says we're actually lower physically than the angels. So we're lower than him. Um, and yet he crowns us with glory. We're the apple of his eye. When we mess up, he doesn't throw us out, kick us out of heaven like lightning. No, he comes out of heaven and, and manifests on the earth and pays the price for our mistakes. When, when Adam and Eve fail and mess up, uh, God doesn't curse them. <laughs> he curses the ground for their sake. He, he curses the serpent for their sake. He curses work and makes things hard, but he does not curse man and woman. Everything else became cursed because of our failure. That's how much he loves us. That's how much we are the main attraction for God. Um, and so he, he, he works, this whole Bible is about God working to restore us back to what he created us to be, to recognize what you were created for, the image of God being manifested on the earth, the image of God being manifested on the earth. I know you've heard me say this before. This is not about going to heaven. Or else there would be no Genesis 1, 26. It doesn't say, let us make man so he can go to heaven. He says, let us make man in our image so he can have dominion. God's purpose for creating us was not to someday just take us somewhere or send us somewhere or be on streets of gold. It's so that we can manifest him. The invisible God could be seen visibly through us, through my life, through your life. That's the purpose of this thing. And so when Jesus came, so God was manifested in the flesh. God came and lived the life for us to restore us back to that. Because that's what was lost. 
Jesus says, I've come to seek and save that which was lost. What was lost? Well, we're still living. We're still alive. But the image of God was lost. Our purpose was lost. We became uh, Adam image bearers. The Bible says this. It, it says in Genesis chapter number, uh, I believe it's five, sorry. And uh, Genesis 5, 3. Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness and after his image and called his name Seth. We are now, after that, after the fall, they started having children. And the image that now is the image of Adam. We're born after Adam, after fallen man. This is why you don't, baby is born, you don't have to teach a baby to lie. Anybody ever taught your child to lie, be deceitful? Anybody ever taught your child to be selfish? Right? No, we teach them the opposite. We teach them, you got to share. Right? Tell me the truth. Right? Anybody have to teach your child to be rebellious? No, we got to teach them, listen to mommy. Listen to daddy. You can trust me. Do what I say to do. Don't do that, right? Because there's something working in them that we didn't teach. They just got something that was born into them. And this is why the Bible says we were born in iniquity. We were born under the image of Adam, that fallen nature, not the image of God, that rebellion against God. That's what we're born. That's that's. And so we're under this. We're under that condemnation where uh, that's 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 what has happened to mankind. And mankind has become selfish and mankind has become prideful. Mankind becomes all about me. And 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 I want what's best for me at the expense of you. That's just natural. That's nature. That's brute beast. And that's what humanity became. And that's what humanity lives as. But Jesus came to undo that. He came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to take away our sin. He came to take that away so that we could be right with God, so that we could bear his image as he created us to do. And so, church, we have a purpose. You have a purpose. God wants people to see him through you. So here's the question I feel like the Lord is asking. Who are people seeing when they look at you? Who do they see? What do they see? Answer that question. Not out loud, but what do they see? Who are you after? Who's, whose image are you living after? Are you living according to fallen man? Are you living according to building yourself and your own things, and your own purpose, and your own life, and me first, and others second? Or is it the image of God that's love, that's joy, peace? The Bible says God so loved the world that he gave. Are you a giver at the expense of yourself? Do I sacrifice? What's, what image am I bearing? Am I following after the life of Jesus Christ? Or is my purpose to have a good day, for things to go well for me, for people to treat me nice, for people to do good things to me. 
Does that make my day good? Because people did things good to me? Or is my image to be God to people? Is to go into the darkness and speak light out of that? Am I being God to this world? Because that's what God does. That's what God did. There was darkness and God spoke to the darkness and light came forth. That's, that's what God is calling us to do. That's what God is calling us to be. This is why he tells us we must be born again. That is not just a, a ticket to heaven. I was born again. I got baptized. I'm good to go. Hey, I punched my ticket. You know, I'll see you when we get there. No. That was a ticket to get back to what he originally created us for. That's a door back to something back in Genesis 1:26, Back to when he first, cre- first started this whole thing. And he said, I want man in my image. That's what that is, being born again. Right after all of Adam's sin and after Eve and after all of that and all the failures and all the time and all the years and all the prophets and all the mistakes, God's like, I'm making a door for you to get all the way back to what I originally created you to be. That is a miracle of God. That is a miracle of God. Now, of course, please don't get me wrong. At the end of all that, there's glory, there's heaven, there's, we can't even imagine it. The Bible says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. So whatever picture I can picture of heaven, in my mind, it's wrong. Sorry. <laughs> it's wrong. And I'm glad it is. I'm glad it is because <laughs> I'm limited. If I planned out heaven, we'd get there and we'd fight a whole bunch of problems. <laughs> like, bro, you didn't plan for this? Uh, I didn't think about that. Sorry. Like, how are we going to sleep? Uh, I didn't think about that. One. No, it's so that's there's there's such great uh, all that. He takes care of all that. But he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Everything else will be added. I don't have to worry about the afterlife. I'm seeking his kingdom here. I'm seeking his purpose here. I'm seeking his righteousness now. Kingdom, that's what what Jesus says. Pastor preached about it last week. The kingdom of God doesn't come by observation and here and there. And, you know, when does the kingdom come? He says, no, it's within you. It's in you. It's not about going to heaven. It's about heaven being in you. You being heaven on the earth in the midst of, a, uh, midst of hell on the earth. There's so many people right now, they've, they've said that to me, like, this is hell. This is hell. Just what they're going through and their lives are living. They need heaven to show up. That's what you are. God put heaven inside of you. He didn't say, no, you got to ascend to me. No, he first descended. That's what it says. God was manifested in the flesh. Heaven came down to earth. That's who we are. You got great purpose. And so the enemy gets us distracted off of our purpose by focusing on our problems, our issues, our things, our stuff, our weights, our trials, blah, 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 blah. Because if you don't manifest God, nobody else will. If you don't manifest God, they won't see him. If you don't speak light into the darkness, it'll just stay dark. So if I can get the church distracted 
and focused on self and focused on us, focused on me, 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 the world has no chance. It's a great plan by the enemy. The problem is we got the word of God. And that's how we defeat his plans. That's how we defeat his plans. So church, we can't fall for it. We can't fall for it. We can't fall for it. I've been called to manifest God to every single person I come in contact with. That's my calling. That's the purpose of every interaction I have with people is to manifest God. It's not for them to treat me right. It's not. It's not. It's not for me to convince them to be like me or do like me or join my team. No, it's for me to manifest God. And so with that, the good news, I can always be successful. My joy and peace doesn't depend on how you react. It doesn't depend on if you're having a good day or a bad day. Because he never has a bad day. Ah, I'm free. I'm free. You're free. You're free. You're an overcomer. You're not waiting for the world to get better. You overcome the world. In this world, you will have tribulation. Stop waiting to not have tribulation. Stop praying and asking God, stop the tribulation. He's promised us tribulation. All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. That's scripture. So, Stop praying against what God has said is going to be there. But he says, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. <laughs> so my cheer doesn't come from the lack of problems. My cheer comes from overcoming the problem. My cheer comes that it doesn't have to define me. It doesn't have to be who I am today. It doesn't have to be my identity today. The world is messed up. But I don't have to be messed up. There's confusion and darkness and all sorts of stuff in the economy and gas and yada, yada, yada. Ah, yeah, true. But that's not who I am. That's not what defines me. Through the power of Jesus, we overcome it. We overcome it. That's going to cause people to ask a question. What in the world is different about you? What, what, what's the reason for the joy that's in you? Because looking around, there's no reason for joy. And you're going to be able to point them to the God, the invisible God, that you're bearing his image. They're going to see him in you. They're going to see God in you. We have such an opportunity. Please don't miss it by complaining. Let's not miss this opportunity by trying to pray it away. By trying to fast it away. And I, I'm thankful for prayer and fasting. Please don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, but I'm praying and fasting so that I can manifest God. So I can overcome. So that no matter what happens, no matter where it goes, no matter how much, that my eyes are on Jesus and that people will see Jesus. We, we, went, we, went, um, we went out to eat last night. And this is small stuff, guys. This, but it was just kind of. It was humorous to me, but we went out to eat last night for uh, RJ's birthday, and um, we were at uh, Texas Roadhouse, a little plug there for Texas Roadhouse, with the rolls and stuff. Their rolls are amazing. <laughs> They're good. With the honey butter. Somebody, who, come on, amen. Come on, sister. Woo, glory. 
God is good. <laughs> There's going to be, we get. <laughs> you get me distracted about that honey butter. Stop. <laughs> but, but uh, so anyway, so we were there and we ordered and, and uh, it was, you know, our, we had a, our crew and um, I think we had nine or whatever. So we, we came in there and they're like, we got to split you up. So they split us up. So we went back to each other and the kids ordered and, and then we ordered and stuff like that. And I think we probably waited probably 35, 40 minutes for food. And other people were getting their food and stuff like that. And, you know, and, and, and those are things we see and they annoy us. And it's kind of like, ah, what's going on here? Like, hey, wait a second. And, and it just I just kind of got caught really quickly. I, I know it's something small and please don't feel condemned if you do this. But I'm like, this is the type of little stuff that the enemy tries to focus our hearts on. Like, I deserve to be treated better. Like, how dare you, you know, and just, and so, I'm sorry, it was just, I was really like, wow, what pride, what arrogance, like, just in me, I'm talking to myself, like, God, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to eat food. I'm blessed to be able to sit here. I'm blessed like there's so many things I'm like just to be thankful for, but I'm like just how easy the enemy tries to get us focused on ourselves and focused on me and me, me, me. And then I become nasty to the waitress and blah, 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 blah. And I'm not manifesting God. <laughs> I'm manifesting me. I'm manifesting my rights and I want my food and I'm hungry or I can say this ain't about the food. This ain't about any of this. This is about showing Jesus to somebody. And this is an opportunity. Praise God, it's taken a long time. We're going to smile. We're going to show joy. We're going to love. We're going to say hi to the people around us. We're going to see if she needs prayer. We're going to tell her that she's doing an excellent job because we're just going to manifest God. So now my problems, my issues are not really problems. They're opportunities. I count them all joy. I'm actually able to say, ooh, this is an opportunity to show God. Come on, church. These are, these are count it joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Count it all joy when you're persecuted for righteousness, when people speak evil of you for his name's sake. Blessed are you. You're blessed. You're blessed. You're not being attacked by the devil. You are blessed of God. Praise God. So now, please don't just go out trying to create trouble and then say, hey, I'm blessed of God. Like, if you suffer for doing wrong, you, you, what thank do you have? That's what he says of Peter. You don't have any thank. But if you're buffeted for doing right, then it says the glory of God rests on you. Rest on you. Because this is our Savior. That's what Jesus was. He did right. And they did him wrong. So, I want to manifest Jesus. I want to see Jesus. I want to see him in my life. I want to pray. I want to, I want to spend time with him so that I can be conformed to his image. Not so I can get my way. I want to be conformed to him. I want to get up every day and worship him and thank him and praise him, not to try and get stuff from my genie in a bottle, 
but so that he can just keep transforming me into him. And the more time I spend with him, the more I'm going to be like him. That's what happens with anybody. You know, talk to me and my wife. You probably, we, we talk a lot alike. Probably say the same things. Might give you the same advice. You know, come to me for something, come to her for something. She's going to say the same thing. It's kind of weird. <laughs> you know, I just talk about some things and she's sharing what she said. And I'm like, yeah, I would have said that. <laughs> we spent a lot of time. There. I don't know if it's me rubbing off of her or vice versa. But as you spend time with somebody, and this is why, this is prayer. So prayer is not some uh, to-do list. It's not some checking things off. It's just spending time together being conformed to his image, knowing who he is, learning of him. Wow, what a privilege. What an honor. The image bearer. Last thing I want to say, I think I'm like way out of time. Um, <clears throat> but it's, it's amazing. You go through the scriptures and you'll find how much, and I think, actually, really quickly, Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, verse number um, 4. 24, 20, verse 4, sorry. Um, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Do not bow, your da- bow down yourself to them nor serve them, for I, the Lord, am a jealous God, visiting the of the Father upon the children of the third, fourth generation, them that hate me, showing mercies. It's a pretty long, long commandment here, and it's all about don't make a graven image. You know, you find it, go through the scriptures and you'll find it like, man, he says a lot about not making graven images and idolatry. It's like a big thing to God. And he's like, it's an abomination. He hates it. And he talks about he's like on the mountain when you're there. When I was there, he says, you didn't see any form or nothing like that. So please don't try and make me try and make a carved image of me or a picture of me or nothing like that. Don't do that. Why? Because he already made one. (laughs) he already made his image so now we that are the image of God defile right we reject the image that he's made and we go and try and make another image he's like don't do that that's idolatry it's idolatry. That's why it's, I mean, it's listed throughout the scriptures and there's so many doors that are opened that are things that are called idolatry and just, and it's making, and it's, there's, I don't have time for it, but just as I'm just, praise the Lord, Brother Ken, good to see you, sir. Amen. But where we take what he has created to be his image, me, and we defile it. We defile it. So he's made an image of himself. That's humanity. That's what we are. That's amazing to me. And so there's a scripture, I think it's Isaiah 44. Let me go here really quick. Um, Isaiah 44, read the whole chapter, it's good. Um, And he goes through, he just talks about, I'm the first, the last, beside me there's no God, verse 6. Um, you're my witnesses, there's no God beside me, I don't know any other. So he just really makes it really plain. There's only one God. And then verse 9, they that make a graven image are all of them vanity. Their delectable things will not profit. They are their own witnesses. They don't see, they don't know, they should be ashamed. Who is formed a God or a molten graven image that is profitable for nothing? Right? So he's saying, You're forming these things, and then you're calling it your God. 
So you, we, you create uh, an image or a graven image or a mold, molten thing, and then you worship it. Like, how twisted is that? He's like, I'm God, and I made you as my image. You're supposed to worship me. But instead, you, as my image, have now made another image, and you're not even having that thing worship you. You're worshiping the image that you made. You see how twisted that is? The thing that makes the image says, okay, the image is for my glory. But he's saying you've got it so twisted that you make an image, and instead of the image worshiping you, you worship the image. You actually bow down to the very thing you make and call it God. And you made it. It's How can it be your God and you made it? How backwards is that? He's like, have you, have you not seen? Have you not heard? I, I'm the one. I, I formed everything and I made you. I'm your God. Worship me. And so we, we get it backwards. And, and so really it, it was because, and then another, another part of it, I won't go through it, but he talks about how we, you make the image and because you, you, you love it. You, you love this thing because it, it represents you. But it's like, instead of loving it, they were worshiping it. They were submitting to it. They were submitting to the image, but it was actually supposed to be the other way around. Right. And so for us, he makes us, we're his image. We're the thing that he's made. We're supposed to worship him and he loves us. And so he loves us. The, the thing made loves, loves what he has made because it's a reflection of him. And so he loves us. He loves us because we're his, because we're a reflection of him. But he doesn't worship us. He doesn't serve me. I worship him because he's God. So all of this, just when we idolize, you know, I, I, there's a few things that pop in my mind, but we idolize in our in today's culture, sex is idolized. It's idolatry. It's idolatry. And and stars and money and just you know technology and science and just all these things that you know not many people now are building you know wooden statues and bowing down to them. There's still some people doing that. But our graven image look different nowadays. They look different nowadays. And God is saying, you're not supposed to be worshiping those things. Don't create those things. I'm God. You're my image. That's it. There is no other. That's not it. And so, Jesus' name, I'm praying God gives you understanding of, of what's being said here. But we have, we have such a high calling uh, to be the image of God. And... and this is why we need to study the word of God. This is why I need to know the word of God. Because I want to be like him. I want to manifest him. I want to declare him. Right? I want to, I want to have communication and communion with him. This is not some to-do list. Like to check off, okay, I studied my Bible today. I'm good to go. You're missing it. You're missing it. You're missing it. 
Don't do that. Don't relegate him to just some to-do list. Praise God. Wow. Can we close our eyes about our heads right now? Just seek after the Lord. Father. Hmm. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Church, our world doesn't need more church goers. It doesn't. It 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 needs. It needs more God. Our world needs God. Our world needs God. And I've said this before. We pray. We pray for our world. We pray for people. We pray for God to move in people's lives, to do things. And you know what God's going to do? He's going to send you. He's going to send me. That's what he does. Look at it scripturally. Look at it. Look at how God moved. Look at how God did things. Cornelius is praying, seeking God. Angel comes. Alms come up before God. Powerful. He's fasting. And God's like, hey, man. The angel's like, wow, your, your prayers have gone up to God. God hears you, and you got direct line to God. So guess what he's going to do for you? He's going to send you to Peter. He's sending the church to you. Wow. That's how honored Cornelius was in the eyes of God. That God says, you know what? I'm going to send my church to you. (laughs) Do you see what God thinks of you? You see what God thinks of us? Like, (laughs) it's almost like you're a gift to the world. You're a gift, church. You're a gift. You're a gift to the people around you. You're a gift to your family. You're a gift to your friends, to your coworkers, to your schoolmates. You're a gift. You're the mercy, the grace of God unleashed. And so he, he, sends, he sends Peter to him. And matter of fact, he actually had to get Cornelius to come and get Peter because that was the hard part <laughs> to get Peter to kind of get over himself, get over his prejudice, get over his own stuff. God had to just kind of press him. Come on, Peter. Come on. Come on. This is this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. I'm sending you. Come on. Come on. Come on. I got people that are ready. I got somebody that's hungry. I got somebody that's praying and seeking my face and they want truth and they want to know. They want to see me. They want to know who I am. And he's trying to get Peter to go. Come on, Peter. Here's the sheep. Rise, eat, rise, eat. Come on. Peter's like, not so, Lord, not so. Come on, do it. Same thing with Saul, Paul. We're done. Why don't we stand? Same thing with uh, Paul and uh, Ananias and (laughs) Saul, or who we call Paul. He had direct vision of Jesus himself. He saw Jesus for himself on that road. And you know what Jesus told him? Like, Jesus, you're right here. Here we go. <laughs> Great. All right, God. This is as good as it gets. You would think that is the height of spiritual 
anything. I'm talking, I got Jesus right here in front of my face. But to Jesus, he was like, I got something better for you. (laughs) Jesus says, go into the city and I'm going to have Ananias meet you there and he's going to tell you what to do. I got my church in that city. I'm telling you, there's something. So something is just stirring in me. I'm sorry. I'm probably belaboring this point. Something is stirring in me to really try and see me through the eyes of God. To see you through the eyes of God. And it's not the way I've been taught. It's not what I think in my own carnal mind. There's something powerful that he's revealing and unveiling in us. And I believe as we catch it, as we see it, we're going to see things we've never seen before. We're going to see things we've never, a lot of stuff we've been concerned over. A lot of things we've been worried about and cumbered about with much things. And it's just stuff's going to break. Stuff's going to break. My God, my God, my God. Mm. My goodness. My goodness. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm serious. I just believe this. The enemy does not want us believing this stuff. He doesn't want me believing. He doesn't want me stepping into this. I know it. He fights me on it. He fights you on it. He's fought others. There's others I've talked to and we've shared and just, wow, get revelation and then stuff happens and you kind of move away from it because he doesn't want the church in this place of freedom and liberty and victory. (sighs) He doesn't want us living on purpose. (laughs) He wants us tossed to and fro up and down, left and right. Good days, bad days. That's what he wants. Just service to service. I live service to service. and Song to song. and Altar call to altar call. No, 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 no. There's something greater. There's a greater life. There's a life of Jesus. There's a life of Jesus. And I'm pressing into it. I feel that in this place. There's... I feel it. I feel it in us and in in men and women of God. We're pressing. We're, we're longing. We're like Jesus. I see it. I believe it. Revelation is happening. It's already happened to others, to some. We're seeing it. God, I'm seeing who we're called to be. I'm seeing the truth of this gospel, of this good news. Ah, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord, remove whatever it is out of my way, out of my eyesight. God, whatever, whatever deception, Lord, whatever lies I've been believing, God, help me, deliver me from me, deliver me from a love for this world, a love for this life, Lord, set me free, Jesus, to see you, to see who you've called me to be, to walk in my purpose, God, to not be afraid, to not be fearful, oh God, to take dominion as you have called me to take, Lord, to rule over the fish and the fowl, God, over all the darkness, over all the spirits, over the wickedness, the craziness, the uncleanness, the sin. Lord, you've called me to take dominion over it, Lord. To overcome this world, oh God. To overcome evil with good. 
to overcome hatred with love yes lord to speak to the darkness let there be light let there be light to be salt oh god to turn the other cheek to love my enemies to pray for those that hate me and persecute me oh god to be good to the just and the unjust lord to love oh god without dissimulation oh god you've called me to a high purpose lord you've called us hallelujah Come on, let's just seek God today. Let's seek God today. Let's just maybe humble ourselves and align ourselves with whatever he wants, with his purpose in our life. These altars are open. Let's find a place. Just connect with him. Ask him to open your eyes. Remove scales. God, give me revelation. Come on, this is not about finding a church that just does everything the way I want it done. No, this is about being light. This is about letting heaven be on the inside that I can shine. This is about stirring one another up to love. This is about becoming what I was originally created to become. Laying down the lies of this world. I wasn't created to be lustful. I wasn't created to just have pride. I was created to love, to manifest God, to declare his glory. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, Lord. Come on, be filled with the Holy Ghost today. Be filled with the Spirit. You're not being filled with the Spirit for you just so you can feel good, just so that you can have good, but so that you can have his life in you and you can live his life on this earth for however long he gives you. Every day I can wake up for the glory of God. Every moment I can shine for Him. Hallelujah. Come on, be filled with His Spirit. Be filled with His Spirit. Stop waiting on things to get better. God, I need truth today.